Today on ABC Devo, Agitated. Welcome to ABC Devo, the podcast where we examine every song by Devo alphabetically from the fourth dimension to a wiggly world. I'm John Engel. I'm Pete the Retailer. I'm Joe Mazel. I'm Tom Taylor. And today we're talking about Agitated from the 1988 album Total Devo. The height of Devo's creative period. <laughs> you can Look tell no from... further for the entire Devo package. I mean, all the could... Devo you need in Total Devo. You can tell from the album cover alone that they were like really had to really hit their stride artistically, <laughs> aesthetically. The Devo you know and love. There they are, right there on the cover. <laughs> Chins out and everything. There's Alan and all his oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so oh. this marks a double kind of uh, uh, departure uh, in more ways than the, there's there's a lot of methods, a lot of ways of departure. First of all, there's departure from quality. That's, that's underlying that, but uh, mainly there's two big changes. One is this is on a different label. This is the first of the... Um, why couldn't I place it for a second? Enigma. This Enigma? is the first Enigma album. Uh, and then also, yeah, as Tom just hinted at, uh, um, Alan is gone. Alan Myers left the band after Shout, um, citing, I think, mainly that they were getting too kind of programmatic in their, um, you know, they're pre-programming all the drums and all that. And he was, he was a drummer. He wanted to play drums. Yeah. There wasn't much for a drummer to do. And quite frankly, a great one. Oh, yeah. The human metronome, they called him. <laughs> I actually read that somewhere. Nothing backhanded about that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you guys know the story about him first joining the band and he was way too good for them? Basically, he was just too good of a drummer for them. Have you heard that story? And they were trying to be, you know, they were like down and dirty art school band and they weren't really interested in conventional musicality as much. So they limited him. They would throw towels over the toms uh, and over the cymbals and force him to only play the limited drums that were available to him. And apparently, uh, I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but apparently they actually had him uh, tie a hand behind his back and play yeah. one handed for a while. And, you know, I. The, there could be something to the fact that that did lead them into a direction of non-conventional rhythmic ideas that they ended up uh, becoming famous for. So it's probably a good idea. But yeah, he was the one that came into the band uh, trained and ready to go. And they were like, well, you're kind of surpassing all of us. Maybe you ought to limit yourself a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It, it's interesting how much, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of jokes are made at drummer's expense uh, from time to time, but, uh, <laughs> Amazing okay. how much a, a drummer can dictate the energy of the of the band, and and you know the as I, it's not no coincidence that you know the kind of peak Devo is the Alan Myers years, and mm -hmm. then you know they kind of even you know the the uh, when I I saw Devo the first time in in two thousand five, like I was expecting a little bit like well they're going to be you know because I, I had seen the video of of uh, from this era from Total Devo the the you know now it can be told that kind of like all right. They're sitting down. <laughs> they're there. There's no energy here. They're just kind of like, right. Uh, but Crosby, Stills, and Nash, yeah, in 2010 exactly. or something. <laughs> uh, but then for that tour, they had uh, Josh Freeze, who's you know like super energetic, like hyper accurate, you know, fast punk drummer. Um, and it's just totally like he's playing the D he was playing the Devo songs that he grew up listening to. He's playing the Alan Myers Devo, and like totally, you know adding that spark to it mm -hmm. so i think you know alan's uh uh contributions you know it, it's 
it's super obvious. <laughs> did, did Alan never come back after he left? He didn't like re up with them like in later years or anything. No, I mean I, I think he might have done some work with uh, Mutato mm-hmm. from time to time, but like as far as like Devo proper, I don't I don't think he ever. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. They have a, a kind of long line of drummers they ended up working with from time yeah, to time yeah. after he left and after yeah. So I don't think that he ever came back to the band per se, but. Um, I would, and this would probably be a better topic for a song he actually plays on, but I would imagine <laughs> being the odd man out of a band that consists of two sets of brothers mm-hmm. m- right. would be insane. No, especially <laughs> when they stop using drums. Yeah. That would be... <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they all just kind of conspired together to not need him anymore. <laughs> the way that, well, to yeah. be fair, you know, it's not like they're using a lot of guitars at this point either. No. True. Right. Well, although the, interestingly, uh, uh, the the guy who replaced Alan, and we, I don't want I don't want this all to be disparaging on uh, Mr. David Kendrick, but uh, his experience was was playing for uh, brothers who didn't really need him in the band. He came from Sparks, <laughs> That's I think, true. Before this, so. Uh, so are you suggesting they actually went out looking for someone with experience? And that, well, he's got to be a good drummer, but he also needs to know how to deal with brothers that don't need him. I don't know. <laughs> they're looking at his resume. They're like, oh, that's good. That's strong. Have you ever, have you ever worked with brothers before that don't need you? <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, I have. All right. But Does I everyone mean, here I, love Sparks? Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. They're a, a way later kind of deep dive for me and I, I haven't even fully plunged it yet but uh yeah yeah i'm only like knee deep or something but uh yeah we love sparks yeah i was i was too busy being baptized every other weekend to, to listen to them <laughs> well, so we all have again, ideas of fun there's always holes in my 80s music you know there's always holes and it's unfortunate oh man but by the time we get to wiggly world the picture of john that i'm going to have is, is <laughs> going to be absolutely fast there's a book in the works here buddy <laughs> you just yes, keep I, talking I and i will keep writing <laughs> i have i have the manuscript right here in my filing cabinet it's it's been working for a long time but yeah i'm I'm purposefully i'm going to purposefully paint just one stroke here and there every episode until you get the full picture of my (laughs) insane upbringing it wasn't that insane really but i'll let you be the judge (laughs) but no sparks definitely no sparks and uh also uh not only sparks but he was also in i think he was a creative force behind um gleaming spires Right, Gleaming Spires was the other two dudes from the the guys who weren't the brothers who played with Sparks. I think they went off and made their own music. Oh, wow. Um and their main their I mean, the one song that people know from them is uh, Are You Ready for the Sex Girls from uh, from Revenge of the Nerds. But uh, oh, all right. they, they they have a similar sound. They're totally in this wheelhouse, in, in the same kind of bucket with with Devo and Sparks and all that. They're yeah, um, they're good. Recommended. So what I'm saying is, Dave Kendrick is a good drummer. He's a good you know creative. He he fits in all this. Would you say that he joined Devo in the typical way? I feel like you're leading me into something. I'm missing a pun or something. <laughs> that's that yeah, it's uh, the first oh, lyric of the song it's "Agitated." You know, oh, the song oh, doing. <laughs> I bet I can guess. You're trading by now. <laughs> you are oh, good. I see it. Oh, see, I get it. Uh, <laughs> like we were all flummoxed. <laughs> what? I, I was. I was literally going. That lyric. That sounds like a lyric. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, so why don't we just skip to the end? It's all A's, right, guys? <laughs> Isn't that the beginning of a... Because it's not only not the lyric, the it's lyrically repeated oft in this song. <laughs> Almost as much as the word agitated. <laughs> Well, if, you give, if any of you people give this anything higher than a C, you're not only lying to me, you're lying to yourselves. Changing my grade as we speak. <laughs> Joe said I'm lying to myself. I can't have that. So, well, if we're going to get into the lyrics, I guess, um, you know, I was thinking about this actually in the last episode. I think, Joe, you started kind of talking about this fatigue that they were Devo was feeling at this point that the fatigue of fame, the fatigue of um, the label, uh, maybe being musically stunted, whatever it was, and I think that's exactly what we got here, right? Isn't that pretty much what the song is about? Or do you guys have another point of view on what this song is trying to say? There are a lot of references to you know I'm a dancing fool, right? yeah, everything you know, just I'm up here on stage. I forget if he says I'm up here on stage, but you get that idea that like. You know, part of his agitation is like this this role he's playing. I think a forty year old man wanted to write a song about being angry and didn't work it out well. <laughs> well it wasn't furious, he's just agitated. Yeah. But it well, has that kind of like I don't know, it it seems like it one I, I don't know, it seems like it um I'm just going to use generic terminology here, but it seems like it wants to be a, a like 1979 punk song, and mm. it just falls far short of the mark. Um, you know, just really, I, I mean, and goddamn, I love Devo, but this is just like really overly simple lyrics, overly mm-hmm. simple beats, and why, like. It wouldn't have hurt the if this song was double time. I would at least say it went quickly. <laughs> yeah, but like, why is this song so darn slow? Yeah, and, really. For, for feeling the, agitated, like there's no energy in the in the song. Like, there's no wit to yeah. it. It just sounds lazy. You know what? The other thing, and I'll be honest. I'll be upfront. I'll bear my soul for you guys. It's been a very long time since I've listened to Total Devo. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Um. When I heard Agitated, I remember, like, when I first heard the drum beat, I was like, oh, this is Sexy Love. Wait, no. <laughs> this, this, wait, 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 no. This, this is Happy Guy. No, no, no. This is some things never right. change. Like, <laughs> I can't remember. No, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a... It, it, like, we've we've said... We we started to say yesterday, I feel bad that we're starting off with two, uh, two songs that kind of, like, are, are spiraling down a little bit, but... Um, yeah, they were. I think they were totally, you know, running out of energy. I'm sure they were frustrated. That might have been a slightly better um, if, if the really? hadn't done it. I don't feel good. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit. Uh. Uh. Um, but they, you know, this could have been. You know, I can imagine being. Um, you know, like we said, it was a couple years after this that I, I, I first got really got into Devo. But I can imagine, you know, if you were. Uh, if you were there, if you were heavily, if you were expecting this album and you were like, all right, well, great. They're free from Warner Brothers. They've had all this problem and they, all these entanglements with, with the label and all that. Look, they're, they're on a new label. They can do whatever they want to do. And then they do this. And it's like, oh, they really were tired. They really were. This, yeah. This in like, many ways, when this came out, 
Uh, I think I said last episode that it was 1990 when I got super into Diva, but I know now that that's not true because I was still in high school and I was super into Diva when this came out in 88. And I had a similar thing with this at like a slightly uh, less intense level that as I did with uh, Phantom Menace when that came out, kind of telling myself, hooray, Devo, I love this new <laughs> Devo record. It's so good. Oh, Devo, it's right, just what I need now in my life. Oh, my God. And, and I was slowly I was like, eh, it's okay. It's all right if the new Devo record isn't that good. It's okay. I can just admit that to myself. Um, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. See, I want to give this yeah. song just a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, and I'm kind of... I, I do this sometimes. I like to maybe make excuses for people and to the annoyance of other other people. But I, I w- want to say that maybe I think this a, there's a bit of a meta thing going on here. I think that there's actually they they are fatigued, and I think it's this is this is Mark, right? Like uh, I guess we'll get into that real quick. This is Mark's yeah. thing, correct? I think he wrote the song, and I think that he is tired. I think he's tired of it. I don't think you're going to get energy from this song because I think he's, that's what he's, not what he's trying to express here. I don't think he is actually trying to express anger. I think he's trying to express agitation, which is a much more benign sort of feeling, a benign emotion compared to anger. So in that way, I mean... I'm not saying this is a good song. I'm just saying that maybe in that way that it makes sense. Like, obviously, they thought, you know, I, I want to give Mark Mothersbaugh the benefit of the doubt that he thought this song through and mm-hmm. had, like, a plan for why it was the, the tempo that it is and why the lyrics are what they are. But, you know, again, I'm probably giving them more of a, a break here maybe than they deserve on this particular album. But... You know, they are still Devo, too. Mark Mothersbaugh is still a genius, in my opinion. So I want to say that maybe he thought this through, and there's a reason why it's kind of got a lackadaisical sort of rhythm and why it doesn't hit home in the way that you would think, like like Joe, you were saying, like a late 70s punk song. I, you know, Mm -hmm. there is a part of me that, you know, I kind of vaguely remember, and I have to rewatch this, but I remember on the uh, commentary track to the uh, Devo video collection, the one that was on Laserdisc that they transferred to DVD, I remember uh, that, you know, Jerry and Mark co- uh, do co-commentary, and I remember they both had nothing good to say about the uh, the Enigma period. <laughs> um, they were, you know, there, there was a general, as I recall, there was a general, like, kind of tone with each video of, you know, like, kind of talking out of the side of their mouth, kind of being like, oh, yeah, and the label, and blah, 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 and the people who control the money, and so on and so forth. Artists don't have rights. But when they got to Enigma, I just remember it just being nothing but, like, venom toward the label, toward their own recording, mm. toward just guys who were not happy, at least not happy in retrospect. Um and it kind of shows, like, you know, because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not only this song that feels like it should be done at double the time, it's stu- it recorded at double the time, it's it's the whole album. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 slow and it's tired and it, it's, so maybe they, you know, they, they wrote out the whole album, they got it, you know, they went, you know, performed it, they put it out and they're like, oh, well, it's only like a half hour long, so let's just adjust the programming, <laughs> slow it down a little bit. Take, <laughs> Take it down a notch. And, uh, there we go. Now yeah, we got really that um, I can't remember what critic said it, but like, I, I, but I think it was a Maximum Rock and Roll critic talked about uh, the Circle Jerks album, Group Sex, being the greatest album of all time because it's uh, sixteen songs in fifteen right. minutes, and you can't beat that for value. Yeah, I think that was <laughs> Reverend Norb actually. I believe you are correct. Um, yeah, I really wish Devo followed that philosophy yeah. for total Devo. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what it's kind of funny because the we last episode we talked about Shout rather extensively. I you know I had some ideas about that album. To be honest, this album is so bland as a whole that I really don't I don't have anything to say about it. It doesn't really have any like, and it's it's funny that it's not as interesting as Shout. I mean that's kind of <laughs> that's telling, you know that I can come up with a lot of things to say about an album that's as mediocre as Shout, and this must be a pretty bad album if I can't come up with anything to say <laughs> about it. Because to me it just kind of happens, it just kind of lays there. I can't think of what I don't know what you know. Like I thought the Fourth Dimension was the best song on the album uh, on Shout. I can't I don't even know what the best song on this one is, honestly. I'm just like, okay, these songs are all mediocre at best and yeah. probably much worse uh, for the most part. But, yeah, yeah. so we're kind of in the doldrums here, guys. <laughs> talking about Diva. What a way to start. Jerry has a ponytail on the cover. Yeah, there you go. That's what you could say. They've got cool outfits. That album <laughs> Even cover the outfits, is so weird, guys. The outfits are less cool than other cool Devo outfits. Like, I was like, yeah, their outfits are kind of cool, oh, but yeah. they've done a lot better. Like, their other stuff. Yeah. Here they're just yeah. wearing, like, you know, they're cool, but they're not, like... You know, weird. They're not changing stuff enough. I think I've read somewhere that David Kendrick's face was just like pasted on too. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's what I was. I kind of hinted at it when I said their chins out. Yeah, he was. They took that shot and they they you know everybody the art department everybody apparently took a look at it and said and okayed it. And then when they cut like put it on the sleeve or the CD cover or whatever, they looked at it and go, well, his face is almost completely obscured. <laughs> so they just said, oh we'll God. just go in and stick a face on it. And that's why it looks absolutely <laughs> horrible. I mean, it looks like a Dick Tracy villain. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. So yeah, that's a, that's the effort. And when you when the cover of your yeah. album has that level of effort, Effort, then you know that the inside's not going to be so good either. Yeah, we're not. You know, again, if they if they were kind of like swinging and, and you know if they were making a, an attempt and it failed, it'd be one thing. But this seems like they weren't really they weren't really putting the effort in at this point. So we're not we're not like. There's also that like there's a description of the songs as digital cartoons on the actual copy of the actual album. You know, not in the press releases. It's mm, literally yeah. it's sprayed on top of the vinyl. Um, and my question is, yeah. like, what does that mean? How are these digital? Like, what? Like, these aren't. Fu- I mean, they aren't fun and whimsical. They aren't like fast-paced. Yeah, these are kind of like yeah, the least these are just sort of Devo like. Songs. I mean, yeah. these songs are, and forgive the uh, pun slash reference. These songs are what you get from working in a coal mine, not from creating art. <laughs> I wonder if that phrase came from Devo. That doesn't sound very much like them. Digital card. That sounds like somebody trying to sound like Devo. It sounds like something that an Atlanta PR guy would come up with. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, these guys are crazy and they got computers, so they're digital and they're weirdos, <laughs> so say cartoon also, and then put that on the thing. I was basically just one step away from, hey, those flower pot guys are back. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> And weirdos with the robots. Hey, Vinny, remember those nerds with uh, the whips and the, the cowboy stuff? Anyway, they got yeah. a new album. You should listen to it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, and it is, you know, if you take the, the concept of de-evolution and Devo uh, at its at its uh, core, at its original meaning, and that, you know, we're devolving, that this is the total de-evolution. This is the low point, yeah. kind of, uh, at least in my book, for... for uh, for Devo as a as a, their creative output, well, so maybe it was all intentional as part of their artistic uh, arc. They needed right. to end up 
you know, at this point with a lousy record, because uh, they, they, they're, they're devolving. And that's Tom. That's exactly what I hinted at, and that was what I was hinting at in the last episode when I we were talking about career arc. And, and here I am again. Yeah. I'm rationalizing for this band. You know, I'm giving them the, a huge benefit of the doubt. But I'm not the only one out there. Like some people actually think that Devo, as they uh, became sort of inescapably a corporate band, mm-hmm. there was somewhat of an either a self awareness about that that caused them to then apply that to their philosophy and literally devolve as artists into the worst <laughs> possible. I mean, there's another one that we're going to talk about soon where I think that that yeah. God, I hope that's the case for the choice that they made <laughs> on the song. But that's that's what you know. Again, if we're going give them a benefit of the doubt with it's Devo we love them maybe there was really something to it they were kind of not interested in being um, you know rock stars and Mm -hmm. maybe they kind of lost their way creatively and they thought well we're if we're going to keep moving forward maybe we'll actually take this philosophy that we started with all the way and actually embody it Uh, it's a possibility I I don't think they would admit it if they that was the case I don't know if it (laughs) would be a conscious choice either maybe it wasn't a conscious choice maybe it was just uh, the fate of the band as it started uh, down maybe, that road yeah. from the beginning. But again, like I said, that's a wild theory, maybe. And uh, I'm known to do that sometimes. So bear <laughs> with me, guys. Yeah, it might not have been a conscious decision, but it like certainly like they laid it out early, and it was always kind of in the back of their heads. They were just like, well, the... like nobody was doing anything to fight it. They're like, well, this is the way we're going. Yeah, Joe. Joe, what do you what do you say? What do you say about this? Oh, I think I, I, you know I can't really tell if you I can't really tell if you know exactly how I feel about the song. Um, <laughs> well, I know how you feel about the song. I'm wondering what you think about this theory that it was intentionally bad. No, I, I don't think that. I, I don't think that they were. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think that they're intentionally making bad art because also remember that this is a band. This is a band that would have to tour in support of bad art. Um, right. You know. Th- they don't yeah. want it like it says something that baby doll and disco dancer are basically the songs that they would perform live off total devo mm-hmm. uh which are more or less i think objectively the best songs off it not necessarily my favorite songs but i think more or less like objectively they're kind of the most interesting ones um although <laughs> sneak preak I'm not a fan of either. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just don't. I, I mean, like, like yeah, I, I think it was just that, uh, you know, forgive the metaphor. I think that, like, you know, after getting, you know, <laughs> after basically getting cornholed by Warner Brothers, they weren't thrilled to get kicked in the nuts by Enigma. And they were just mm-hmm. really tired. <laughs> and yeah, um, I don't think they were trying to produce their best. I don't think that. Uh, you know, I, I, you, I, I, I'm guessing you guys have read the uh, 33 RPMs book for uh, Freedom of Choice. I, I have it. I haven't really dove into it yet. I was waiting until we had tracks to talk about from it, and I thought I'd dive in then. But <laughs> uh, well, I recommend you read it because it basically each song they talk a lot about the history of Devo, not just in relation to the actual song they're covering. Uh, but one of the big kind of conflicts of Devo was. Um, for Devo, I mean, in terms of Devo, for uh, Jerry Casale, it was everything he wanted to do. And for Mark Mothersbaugh, it was an artistic project that he did. Like, Devo yeah. was not his life, mm-hmm. and he was just as happy sitting at home and noodling around with, like, synthesizers. 
Yeah. Um, and I think this is the album where that kind of comes into the forefront. Like, it doesn't seem like he's enthused. It doesn't seem like he cares. It seems like a lot of the lyrics are placeholder lyrics. Yeah, there, there's one in here that I picked out. There, I picked out a good example and a bad example from this song, but there was... Uh, uh, he says at one point he's, he's uh, you know like day and night forever trading places good and evil sleeping by side by side in a world full of plenty of stuff yeah <laughs> like, in this world full of plenty of stuff it's like I, you couldn't think of what that like just stuff yeah. and I mean the next line you think there'd be enough love to go around like have you ever listened to a Devo song Mark Mothersbaugh <laughs> like right. that is not a Devo lyric that is like the exact opposite that is the like. That's that's the dove of the band of love lyric. Yeah, that's the dove of the band of love lyric. Very good, very good pull. But I mean, like that is you know that's a that is a lyric from the band the band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the band, uh, but it's just sort of like this isn't like Devo are beautifully cynical, and this is right. just so beautifully uninspired, except for the beautiful part. I yeah. Thumbs down, say I. Thumbs down. <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically, disagree with that theory. I don't think they were purposely being shitty. Okay. Yeah. Wait. In the, uh, the the other lyric that I picked out, which could speak to this, like I think they were just overwhelmed by the whole thing. He says, you know, in this place, going less than great. I'm just a singing, dancing fool. So that, that's mm. where you, you mentioned uh, singing, dancing fool before, I think, Tom. But yeah, there's that. They're they're acknowledging, like, yeah, it's going less than great. <laughs> Things aren't at their best right now. <laughs> he's the uh, he's any animal appliance from the Flintstones looking at the screen, going, "It's a living." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and from what I've seen, by the way, this album took two years to record. Oof. How? Oh I don't yeah. know. Like, this is after. Why? So shout was eighty four, and this is eighty eight. So this is a four year gap. It's a four year gap. It's a yeah. four year gap. And according to you know, according to Wikipedia, it was recorded between eighty six and eighty eight. Um, wow. That, like, how could you possibly, how could it take you two years to, like, this sounds like it took ten minutes. <laughs> like, somehow it broke all rules of astrophysics and managed to record our <laughs> album in ten minutes. <laughs> it's total Devo. Yeah. That's going to be the, like, the, like well, that's total Devo. That's to- yeah, we'll all, we'll all have our hands up and shrugging. That's total Devo. <laughs> Forget it, Jake. It's total diva. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think that I think that qualifies, Tom. I think you perfect line for that. Hey guys, I do have a synth report. Oh boy, on this uh-huh. one, it's kind of a repetitive one, which is perfectly in line with uh, the instrument I'm going to talk about. This is again total Devo, the album, deeply entrenched with the, in the Fairlight uh, era for Devo. Again, they're pre-sequencing everything. Uh, again, a lot of the sounds that you're getting, the synth sounds you're getting are very familiar from other 80s pop songs because everybody was using the same instrument. Uh, they did, though, however, the one wrinkle is they started to add in a lot of Roland equipment that they had not hmm. previously used. And, you know, we're talking about how corporatized they became. Well, they were somewhat apparently sponsored by Roland at this point. And the way that came about, not only, I, you know, I, Moog gave them synthesizers. You know, I'm sure uh, Fairlight probably gave them a, a synthesizer, honestly, you know, just to, to boost their notability. But in this case, Roland... Uh, 
was uh, one of the big uh, the big wheels down at the Roland factory was Jim Mothersbaugh. <laughs> so uh, that was uh, part of the deal. Jim Mothersbaugh was down there developing MIDI technology and all these other things at uh, at at Roland after having been in the band and somewhat inventing the uh, apparently the electric drum set uh, allegedly he invented that during the early days of Devo he went on to become a big deal in tech apparently now he uh, he supplies he works for a company that supplies technological equipment to military contractors so it's a very strange move for an ex-Devo member but wow. that's about it you know they were still you can hear from the sound of the album the, the kind of the malaise that the album has that they're back with the Fairlight again they're back Mm. sequencing again but you do get a few sounds here and there that you haven't heard before because i think from what i can glean from what i've read that's from the roland equipment they were starting to use yeah it's it's weird when you know anything anything new and interesting that comes from the album is just because of the equipment and not the not the ideas not the songs themselves (laughs) yeah yeah has there ever been a band that that embraced synthesizers after not having done it, and it was a good thing, and everybody loved it, and it was like a new rebirth for the band? <laughs> I'm just thinking it seems like it's always the, uh, you know, ah, they went ah, they got all whitewashed and 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 synthy, and and they just kind of gave up. I would argue the Paul McCartney album, McCartney Two. Yeah, I was going to say, when, when Dylan went all synth, everybody just went up and all. Right. Remember that? I mean, most people don't, I guess. I think um, Gary Newman, to bring it back to him, like oh. with, with Two Boy Army or whatever, when he was, uh, you know, he had they had some kind of, some good, you know, kind of pre-new wave, you know, post-punk stuff. But then, like, I think he just kind of, like, found a synthesizer and freaked out one day. Am I getting him confused with somebody else? Nope, you're right on the money. I was actually going to say this is a good poll because that's oh. exactly he was meandering in obscurity before synthesizers came into his life, and then boom, wow. you know, to this day he's still actively, you know, recording and touring, and yeah. it's all pretty much all due to synths, like and his love of those and his innovation with those too, uh, around the same time, and definitely yeah. side by side with Devo on that. Mm-hmm. So we we've been kind of you know. Dancing around it, dancing on top of it a little bit, but uh, uh, how how do we feel about this song? I, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I, it's it's hard for me to you know give this anything other than it feels like a failure. What? Well, they don't really try, so mm-hmm. incomplete. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I I think I, I'm personally going to give it an F because it's not. Ooh. I don't I don't like wow. listening Whoa. to it. <laughs> Um, it's, it's not even within the scope of Total Evo. This is one of my least favorite songs. That is just not uh, like it. It a slow, kind of a slow, kind of slog of a song. Really, really gets to me. So, mm. yeah, I'm just gonna jump off the bat and go with an F. Now, with that said, I just want to know: Is there an F minus? <laughs> is this really gonna be the bottom for you, or is there one more step below that we can go? I I think that's it. There's a wide berth for F, maybe, but uh, this yeah, is definitely true. I don't hate it as much as maybe anybody else here. <laughs> and, I, and I realize as I'm talking about it, I'm 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 trying to uh, grade these not just amongst other Devo songs, but just as songs that I would or wouldn't want to listen to. Maybe just so maybe at the end, then I will go. Oh, this is a, a, a quantifiable number of how much I love Devo. 
Like, this is how many A's I gave them and how many C's and how many F's and stuff. So I'm going to give Agitated, which I don't think is a great song. I'll go out on a limb and say it's not a great song. Uh, I'm just going to give it like a kind of milk toast C minus. Oh, wow. Like, it, you know, I don't like it. I'm, I, I'm not excited that it's on, but I don't hate it for any reason, really. John? Um, I'm going to give it a D plus. And basically, I don't, I don't know. F is awfully harsh. I was saving that for some other songs. I don't want to go <laughs> there quite yet. And like I said, I'm able to sort of rationalize a little bit. Some kind of maybe supposed quality for this song. But I'll also give it, I'll, I'll say the plus is because uh, after listening to it a few times, if you close your eyes and you kind of drop out those terrible vocal samples, you get rid of the lyrics and just get to the basic rhythm track, it sounds a lot like a really shitty Canon Films score. And, that, <laughs> and those are things that I love. So uh, I can hear in there something that I really like. So if you remove everything about Div. And put it in an Remove entirely different context. Exactly. And that context is something that is kind of objectively bad, too. Oh, well, I mean, yes. No, I'm giving you all of that. Yet, you give me a Canon Films soundtrack, I'll listen to it. No doubt. I love that stuff. So... That said, I'm giving it a little plus. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it slight positive for that, but really, it's a D song for sure. Well, Ninja Three: The Domination does have a rocking score. I can't deny, but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, would that we were. Um, at the beginning, I said, "What? Anybody who gave this less than a C minus was lying to themselves." I'm, I think you said C. Oh, okay. But... Well, I, I was. <laughs> That's when I added the mic. Yeah, I was shooting for the moon. <laughs> um, I'm glad to see that you are all honest fellows. And like Pete, I give this an F because it's terrible. <laughs> you know I what? cannot argue with you. What what just bothered me more about it? I I I, real, I went back and I'm looking at my playlist for this, and I realized that. Uh, not only is it a slow slog that I that I don't really want to listen to, but there's a there's a hyper extended mix. There's a there's a longer version of this, mm. which is oh just boy. like, well, well, come on, why are you going to do that to yourself? Like you're going to add two <laughs> minutes to this. <laughs> yeah, this is just the age of the twelve inch in the remix. Uh, they're yeah. all over bad Devo songs. Yeah, I think Joe. I think you mentioned this the other day that that was like a hallmark of Enigma. Yeah, no, I mean like. Like the dead milkmen have twelve inches, have like twelve inch yeah. dance mixes. Like, there's no yeah. reason for that, um, other than you know they're they're putting it like you know they're again at the guys like John who are going to put it in the clubs. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, uh, I'm agitated by agitated. Heyo. And uh, we're overall, it's it's not a positive uh, uh, grade, and not a positive uh, average. I don't know. We have. Uh, Better days ahead of us, uh, one can only hope, because uh, from here we're going, uh, well, well, we'll see when we get there, but uh, we've got another shout and another Total Devo next week. We've got uh, Are You Experienced <laughs> on Tuesday, oh boy. Uh, so come back, join us uh, join us for that. In the meantime, like we said, we're going to be doing uh, this weekend our first uh, episode of the Patreon bonus feed, which we don't have a good name for yet, so if you guys, if uh, somebody has a good name, send it to us. Um... I guess contact at abcdevo.com. Why not? And uh, 
The um, you can follow us on Twitter. You go to abcdevo.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can uh, you know, like I said, go find us on uh, this weekend with the for the bonus episode, or come back Tuesday for a brand new episode of ABC Devo. Hooray! So agitated. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, we're not recording anymore, right? No, no, no. Okay. We're clear. Good. Ooh.